This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job, first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. With your host, John Rush. All right. Happy Thursday, everybody. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. We are welcomed today by both Dr. Kelly Victory and Steve House. Dr. Kelly, welcome. How are you? Hey, great. Happy uh, Thursday. It's always great when the three of us can be on together. Yeah, great to have you guys back. Appreciate it very much. Steve House as well. How are you, Steve? Hey, John. Pretty good. Awesome. Terrible, terrible week, but it's been good. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, you know what? Yep. We take the good with the bad, don't we? Yes, we do. That's how it works. All right. Let's get started today. And gosh, guys, I don't know. We weren't, we weren't together last week, and we did some different things last week, so I didn't get a chance to really talk a ton about COVID and things like that. So we're, I guess, Dr. Kelly, bring us up to speed. Where are we at right now? New variant. Everybody's nervous about it. You're seeing, quote, unquote, hospitalization rates rise. You know, I, it's the same old thing over and over again. I get it, but is there anything there to worry about for folks that are listening? As of this moment, I would say absolutely not. Once again, this is uh, dishonest reporting on the part of the mainstream media. Nothing new there. But here's why: Yes, we are seeing new variants, and I hate to break it to you, we're going to continue to see new variants. Right. This is the nature of all viruses, and certainly the nature of coronaviruses. The good news is that these variants are doing exactly what we'd expect. They become more and more contagious, more transmissible, but at the same time, less severe and less lethal. So the reports that you are seeing of hospitalizations, quote, on the rise, what they are really reporting, the truth is that there are more people testing positive for COVID. Doesn't mean that's why they're in the hospital, people. Mm -hmm. They're in the hospital for all kinds of things, Mm -hmm. but because they continue to shove swabs up the noses of people who have nary a symptom uh, of anything even resembling a common cold or a coronavirus, but they shove a swab up their nose, it comes back positive, not surprisingly, because it's a very contagious virus and it's, you know, going around, but it has nothing to do with why these people are in the hospital. So if they were honest, they would say we've got lots of cases of positive people, people who are in the hospital for gunshot wounds and car accidents and heart attacks and strokes and having hip surgery and all kinds of other things has nothing to do with COVID. Well said. And I appreciate you saying that because, again, you know, everybody reads, unfortunately, headlines. And what follows is generally, to your point a moment ago, Dr. Kelly, not always the truth, because what you just said, you're not going to see in those headlines. And Steve, you know that firsthand as well. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because there are less than two COVID patients hospitalized per hospital in the entire United States. Wow. Two. It's under two when you wow. really look at the numbers. Wow. The second thing is, is 
Notice they're no longer at many locations measuring the number of people who get myocarditis from the vaccine. You know, there are lots and lots of countries who drop that measurement, the WHO. There's a lot of people, CDC. They're not reporting on that. They're just reporting on COVID cases. And oh, by the way, Kelly, are they still doing a PCR test to figure this out? Because as far as I knew, the testing wasn't all that great from before. Are we we going to rely on testing that's still pretty pathetically weak in terms of its performance to, to make some kind of a crisis out of this? Exactly right. They're using a faulty test, a test that could, uh, you know, fundamentally find something insignificant, not capable of replicating, doesn't mean that you actually are infected with anything. The PCR test was never intended to be used that way. But you're exactly right, Steve. They're continuing to use this to gin up fear. Mm-hmm. This is That's all this is about. And, by the way, when it comes to counting cases... If a patient, for example, goes to see, say a patient's getting ready for a uh, hip replacement and they go to their doctor's office and during their pre-op testing, they get a swab for COVID and it comes back positive. Then they go into the hospital uh, a week later and they get a test for COVID and it comes back positive. Then they go to physical therapy two weeks after um, you know, they have their surgery and they get a test for COVID and it comes back positive. That gets counted as three different cases of wow. COVID. Wow. One person, one patient, okay? that's one, How can one person be three different cases? So it is, I said from the beginning, the virus is real. The statistics are not. Mm. This is fear-mongering at its finest. What you just said, Dr. Kelly, about the inflated numbers and how they're handling things, I hope everybody out there is really listening closely to that because, to your point, this is real. We've said that all along, by the way but how they've done the statistics are not real. Exactly. And, and again, my concern is this, and it always has been. If you're, const- if you're the banty rooster constantly running around saying the sky is falling, um, it, what happens is people tune you out. Nobody is going to mm-hmm. listen when the next real thing comes along. And there will be another legitimate True crisis. There will be a health risk. There will be a public health issue where we need people to take heed, to follow our lead, to listen to our counsel. And at this point, I cannot fault people for absolutely tuning out public health officials and saying, I am never Mm. listening to you Mm. buffoons again, because you've lied, you've been dishonest, you've been fear mongers, and I'm not going to listen. And that is puts us as a nation and as a global population at real risk, because if people don't listen to public health officials when the time comes, we could actually have a crisis. Steve, there's a big article out right now on the History Channel, history.com, talking about, in fact, this this came out, I guess, last April, but it resurfaced here and somebody sent it to me, the COVID-19 pandemic. And in that, much to what Dr. Kelly is talking about, I mean, they are literally, yes, they're reporting the data, although the data is not accurate, as Dr. Kelly reported, you know, as she said a moment ago, how... How do we get this message out to individuals that when they read these things, they've got to read between the lines because most of what's being even published and printed today is inaccurate? By another crisis as well, right? Because, you know, we've been killing ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, and you occasionally see really good research studies that say that they're working. And then you get, you know, Marty, Marty was not on Kelly, Marty was on Instagram talking about why this was the most deceitful health crisis, maybe the most deceitful crisis of all kinds right. ever 
on Instagram the other day. That was a wonderful video, but yet a horrible story. You know, I, John, I, I got to tell you, I literally yesterday was in a hospital in America where I was looking at their financials, and last year, 2022, they would have lost $400 million if it wasn't for COVID money. So they, they ended up breaking even uh, because they got $400 million of support from FEMA and COVID money. Wow. Now, think about that. If you, if you, if you start having people hospitalized with COVID and you start inflating those numbers, we turn that program back on. I mean, that's, it was a pretty good-sized health system. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was 12 hospitals combined, you know, $6 billion in total revenue. But a $400 million loss wiped out because of COVID money. Wow. Do you think there's some incentive there? For them Huge. to continue to talk the track that Huge. COVID is dangerous. Huge and incentive. Be, you know, taken care of. Yeah, I mean, which, which of you know, guys, we talk about this on an ongoing basis. And Dr. Kelly, again, you know firsthand being a doctor, this is nothing more than big pharma and these big hospital organizations running doctors ragged. They're literally telling these doctors what they can and cannot do when it comes to patient care. Am I wrong in what I just said? No, that's exactly right. But back to, to Steve's point about following the money, the CARES Act was put in place to try to, quote, help hospitals during this global pandemic. It was done under the Trump administration. And hospitals were incentivized financially to code something as a COVID admission and to code something as a COVID death, even if that wasn't the case, because they got tens mm-hmm. of thousands of dollars. So in other words, if somebody came in with a heart attack or somebody came in with a gunshot wound or yep. somebody came in with you know, end-stage cancer and they died, if they happened to have tested positive for COVID, and sometimes even if they'd never been tested, COVID was written on the death certificate. Mm-hmm. That translated into somewhere between thirty-five dollars and $40,000 per patient wow. that hospitals did that. Wow. So as Steve said, there was a gross financial incentive mm-hmm. to hospitals yep. to overcount these. Yep. On top of it, millions, billions with a B of dollars were funneled into NGOs, non-government organizations, right. and nonprofits to incentivize doctors and hospital systems to stick to a particular narrative. The worst offenders, frankly, were the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, ACOG, and the American Academy of Pediatrics. They took in billions of dollars to stick to a particular narrative, and doctors individually were incentivized financially, both by these nonprofits and by the insurance companies to meet certain to get as much of their patient population mm-hmm. right. vaccinated as possible. So, for example, Blue Cross Blue Shield and Anthem and Aetna were giving doctors hundreds of thousands of dollars if you you know get sixty percent of your patients vaccinated, eighty percent got you. If you can get ninety percent, we'll give you one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow. This is absolutely so perverse. It is the, the conflict of interest was so egregious that really, I think, as I said, you can't really trust much of anything when it comes to the statistics that are being reported. We've got more of that coming, by the way. If you've got a question for Dr. Kelly or Steve, please send us a text message, 307 200 Otherwise, we're going to be right back. Absolute, oh, sorry, affordable interest mortgages next. Kurt Rogers, and he wants to take care of you and all of your mortgage needs, whatever questions you've got. Give Kurt a call today, 720-895-0500. Many of you are seeing your credit card rate around 18 to 21%. 
With the Fed's continuing to raise rates, it's getting harder to stretch that dollar. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. If you currently have a low rate on your mortgage, but the other debts are not giving you any breathing room, consider refinancing and getting a blended rate in the fours. Now is the time. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Get that blended rate in the fours and lower your total monthly payment, six, seven, eight hundred a month. We can show you how to lower your monthly debt and keep more of your money, all with a low blended rate. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Locally owned and serving Coloradans since 2001. Let us show you how to own your home faster and pay less interest. Our experience will save you money. 720-895-0500. Affordable interest mortgage. That's 720-895-0500. Start saving six, seven, eight hundred a month now and breathe again. NMLS 298-191, regulated by DOOR, equal credit lender. When your air conditioning isn't working properly, you're sticky, hot, and miserable, and you just want it fixed fast. Absolute Electrical, Plumbing, Heating, and Air have the staff, vehicles, and inventory to do the job right, right now. Smaller companies often have to order parts or come back another day to finish, but Absolute has the staff to repair your AC typically on the same day. Even if you need an entirely new HVAC system installed, in many cases, they can do that by the next day. Absolute's highly qualified technicians also have best-in-class support back in their office in the rare case they hit a snag and need assistance. This means that you don't just get one tech, you have a whole team of techs who will help get your home cooled off without unnecessary delays. Right now, for KLZ listeners, Absolute will take off up to $500 for a full AC furnace install. Reach out to Absolute Electrical Plumbing, Heating, and Air today at klzradio.com absolute and get cool fast. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical, Heating, and Air. All right, you've heard Dr. Scott on with us before, typically on Wednesdays for Health and Wellness, Colorado Race since 1968, and he is the doctor we were talking about a moment ago that is not beholding to uh, basically big government, big pharma, big medical, if you would. Dr. Scott Faulkner, calling today for an appointment, 303-663-6990. Are you looking for a health care provider who truly cares about you and your well-being? Look no further than Castle Rock Cryo, IV and Integrative Healthcare, where Dr. Scott Faulkner is ready to provide you with top-notch care. Colorado raised since 1968, Dr. Scott is a board-certified internal medicine specialist, bringing decades of experience and expertise to the table. At Castle Rock Cryo, IV, and Integrative Healthcare, you'll experience a competent, friendly, and efficient staff that puts your comfort and care first. Dr. Scott is a true advocate of the latest advancements in healthcare. That's why he only uses umbilical-derived stem cells, which have been clinically proven to be the most potent stem cells available. Tired of waiting weeks for an appointment? Unlike other practices, Dr. Scott has the remarkable ability to see you in a matter of days. Don't wait any longer. Call Castle Rock Cryo IV and Integrative Healthcare at 303-663-6990 to schedule your appointment with Dr. Scott Faulkner today. No liberal media bias here. This is Rush to Reason. All right, nice long segment next because we've got to let Dr. Kelly go at about 345, which we will honor. And Dr. Kelly, thank you for being with us. Steve, you sent this last week, and we didn't get a chance to talk about it because we had a change of plans sort of last minute last week. But Alex Brinson, who we all know is not 
a righty. In other words, he's not a conservative, although he thinks very conservative when it comes to this particular topic because of everything that he has been through. And he sent out some things this last week talking about the reporters hyping a deeply flawed study proving that COVID killed more Republicans because they had lower jab rates. Steve, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, it turns out that that's not actually a true statement, of course. We we this is a report that had come out a long time ago too, and right. when it turns out they were they were adjusting their narrative based on the age of people, and they were only looking at Republicans I think at seventy five years of age and above or something like that. So if you looked at all Democrats at all ages and only Republicans at seventy five and above, you might actually come to that conclusion. Yeah. So because of the the nature of the way COVID was, so just another example of absolute misrepresentation for political purposes. And Dr. Kelly, some of this we were talking about really all the way through and have ever since, Steve and I, even before meeting you. And yeah, they have literally, you know, taken stats and data and twisted it around to fit whatever narrative they're pushing that particular week. No, no question. And I find it amusing that of all ways to twist this, that you would try to twist it into a conservative versus liberal or Republican versus Democrat thing. In fact, I would say for the first time in a long time, the COVID issue and specifically the vaccine issue is the consummate nonpartisan you know, topic. You know, who do you think is more likely to pound the my body, my choice drum? A conservative or a liberal? Mm-hmm. Who do you think is more likely to pound the, you're not going to inject something that's not natural into me? Who do you think drives the, you know, the non-GMO, gluten-free, you know, no, you know, organic food marketing? Conservatives or Republicans? Uh, you know, I mean, excuse me, conservatives or, or liberals? So, Truly, it is, this is one of those things that, you know, both sides, I think, were equally invested in. And as Steve rightly points out, the studies, the big surveys before it that showed who was adopting and who was taking the vaccines showed actually it was about 50-50. Mm-hmm. There was no difference along political lines. They are desperate to make you believe that there was. But that wasn't the case. In fact, it was more more likely early on that liberals were the ones pushing back and saying, I don't know, I don't vaccinate mm. my kids normally, mm-hmm. and I sure as heck don't want them vaccinated for this. Mm. So they would like you to believe that this is a political thing, but it really has not. That's simply not the case. Yeah. And by the way, uh, Dr. Kelly, thank you. Well said. All right. This is another thing that I think I can't remember which one of you sent this. I apologize. I should go back and look at my text messages. But Italian researchers find COVID vaccine myocarditis or I can't even say that right. Carditis relapses in teenage boys following apparently complete initial recovery. And by the way, we've seen other stories along those same lines in the last uh, week or so. Steve, you comment first. Yeah, I sent you the story. I mean, you think about the dangerousness of this. I mean, if they're fully recovered, I mean, as far as the doctors are concerned by testing, they're fully recovered, and then nine months later, it comes back. Wow. How, how many times can it come back? Will it come back worse? What's the spike protein right. really doing right. in their body during that period of time? It is not something they expected. They expected that once you got through it and you had the myocarditis gone, that you were effectively going to be healed and safe, and now you're not. It's much, much worse news. It, and, and Dr. Kelly, give you credit where credit's due. You predicted a lot of this early on. When you started seeing some of the initial results and what was happening, these are things that I'm, I'm guessing are not shocking to you at all. 
they're, they're not. And I predicted. Sad that to say, epidemic. by the way. Sad to say. I'm not, I'm not celebrating yeah. that, by the way. No, no. I take no joy in having been right about this. And, it, and I wasn't right about it, John, because I'm a good guesser. Uh, this was very, very predictable based on what we know about the inflammatory uh, nature of these spike proteins, the fact that they cause blood clots, the fact that they cause all of this uh, systemic inflammation. Um, to be clear, I've also said from the very beginning, there is no such thing as a, quote, mild case of no, myocarditis. Good point. good point. Inflammation of the heart muscle, by definition, is very severe. It is very, very serious. It causes scarring. Now, the point that Steve is making is a very, very important one, however, because normally if somebody gets myocarditis, inflammation of the heart muscle, as a result, for example, of having a virus itself, once you recover from the virus, you recover, you know, as I said, that still myocarditis is severe, but we don't expect it to flare back up again. The fact that this is flaring up again uh, back into the acute phase is evidence, in my mind, of ongoing injury occurring because of ongoing exposure to spike protein. Okay. Why is there ongoing exposure to spike protein? Because you have turned your body into a little mRNA, into a little spike protein factory because you have this mRNA that is telling your cells, keep producing these dang things. Keep producing the very thing that is causing the problem, whether that problem is myocarditis, or an autoimmune issue, or blood clots, or whatever it is. So what you're saying is this is to be expected, given the fact of how the mRNA works, how it's, you know, it's, it's delivery of, and what's happening with the spike proteins. And so I just want to make sure that if you're not here, I'm, and somebody ever asks, I can get this correct. No, that's exactly right. If the spike protein is what is causing the myocarditis, or the blood clot, mm -hmm. or the autoimmune issue, and if you, if you don't remove that offending agent from the body, what would make you think that your body would start all of a sudden reacting differently Good to point. it? Good point. Uh, you know, if, if, you are, if you are exposed to anything that you have a reaction to, I don't care if it's poison ivy or a bee sting or peanuts, if you keep exposing yourself to that thing, you can keep expecting to have that reaction. Okay, so when you inject somebody with mRNA and say crank out spike proteins, if you, unless you stop mm -hmm. somehow find an off switch, and so far no one has found an off switch right. to the mRNA, uh, we are working on it. Uh, there are certainly people working on ways to mitigate the damage from the spike proteins and to get rid of the spike proteins through you know supplements like natokinase or bromelain, those sorts of things. But at this point. No one has figured out the off switch, so you stop creating the dang things. So, yeah, I think this was predictable. I think it's tragic, yeah. and I think we are going to see increasing numbers of these adverse events as time goes on. Steve, you're kind of on the development sides of things. I know Dr. Kelly is as well and reads all of the journals and different things. Have you heard of anything to where you can turn that switch off? Because I've not read anything yet that says so. No, there's, there's all kinds of you know, potential remedies that you see, but I don't know that I've seen any. Yeah, and, and really, and by the way, stop for just one moment, Steve. I think this is something I want to say to a bunch of our listeners. Please be careful 
of what you read of the individuals that will tell you they can turn things off. Because in my opinion, there's a lot of conspiracies and things surrounding that, Steve, where there are some folks out there believing and probably even spending and investing money in things they think may very well turn this off. But to my knowledge, and I wanted you and Kelly to chime in, there is nothing, so don't waste your money is my point. Yeah, and and it goes back to something we've also talked about, John, which is the best thing you could do if you've had one, two, three, four, five or more shots and you got spike protein running around in your body is live healthy. Yeah. Find a way to do everything you can to live healthy in terms of the food you intake, your lungs, your lung capacity, you know, how your body metabolizes things. I mean, you just have to live healthy in hopes that at some point if the spike protein is going to haunt you, that somebody figures out a way to stop it. Okay. Got another question that came in. Dr. Kelly, given the corruption with the data, the research, the information given regarding the vaccine or, you know, the mRNA treatment, we should call it. How reliable is the data research, et cetera, regarding the HPV vaccine? Well, that, that is an excellent question. And I will tell you, it is because of this COVID debacle that I have really begun to question very deeply my confidence in much of the vaccine, quote, science. There's no question when we go back now and look at the data, whether it's on the polio vaccine, the HPV vaccines, the MMR, that much of the data was either out and out falsified or that the studies did not meet the uh, regulatory or the the normal uh, rigor that we would expect because they either were missing a placebo group or what we were told was a placebo group wasn't really a placebo group. Mm. They didn't, in other words, the people mm-hmm. didn't just get saline. They got something right. else like another vaccine. Right. So there's much of that data that I think needs to be reevaluated. When you read a deep analysis like the book uh, Turtles All the Way Down or many of the other exposés now on what's actually gone on in vaccine science, it really gives one pause. And I think that at this point, I do not feel confident that I can really quote safety data, real legitimate safety data on any of the vaccines dating back to, as I said, back to polio, Mm. uh, because we we need to redo those studies with legitimate placebo uh, control groups and without the conflicts of interest that are inherent by people being paid by Big Pharma to do the study. Steve, this leads into things you and, even, you and I have talked about, Dr. Kelly, as well. When you sort of have what I call Pandora's box with this mRNA and you really start investigating what goes on, one of the things I don't think these folks really thought through all of the way is exactly what Dr. Kelly said a moment ago. When you start questioning one area, you typically now will go back and start looking at all of the other things that have been done along the same lines. I don't think any of them planned for that. Um, I don't think they did plan for it. I mean, there was a couple things to note this week in, in this same line of thinking, John. Was Number one was the testimony of the Pfizer executives in Australia, if you looked at any of yep. that scenario. I mean, it, part of what makes it so difficult is, you know, at one point the guy says, um, no, we didn't test for um, transmissibility, you know, we weren't doing that. And then later he said the vaccines had three objectives, you know, stop transmission, stop death, and stop people from getting the virus. And, you know, we think we did okay. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You did okay. You didn't do any of those things. But, but what makes it so disheartening is you're sitting there listening to him, and everybody in the world who has any knowledge of the subject whatsoever, anybody and everybody knows the guy's lying. 
I understand. Right. right. And he's, he's, right. he's worked with me. And we're talking about a, a global crisis where people are dying from these vaccines. And this guy still at that point doesn't want to say what the story is. You go further. There, there have been other things. I mean, Alex did point out this week, there was a couple of other um, drugs. I mean, one of the drugs was uh, an orthopedic drug, and I forgot the name. I, I know, Kelly, you know it's pretty common. Maybe it was Vioxx, right? Where they make $12 billion in profit on Vioxx, and they end up getting fined for $5 billion for things that happen to it. That's the nature of the of the business today, right? They still make billions and billions of dollars of the profit. The other thing was, of course, the RSV vaccine approved for children eight months and under. And while I don't think we want children having RSV you know, young and getting asthma and other things. It still needs to be safe, for gosh sakes. And right now, I don't believe there's anything that would tell you it's safe. All right, so along all those lines, uh, Dr. Kelly, question came in again back to the HPV. Given everything you said a few minutes ago and what Steve even just said, would you, would you recommend somebody get that or not? Well, again, I, you know, I have to take each case individually. Um, I am taking a very, very cautious approach with all the vaccines, uh, and I am you know, would have be hard pressed, frankly, to recommend vaccines, particularly for things that are not uh, lethal or can otherwise be avoided. Mm. So it's one thing to talk about uh, vaccinating somebody against uh, meningitis right. or against uh, polio, things that have devastating impact, versus you know uh, vaccinating somebody against shingles. You know, right. nobody wants right. to get a painful rash, but nobody's dying of shingles either. True. I'm here to tell Good you. Point. Okay. Um, so I think at some point we have to risk stratify the patients and you have to conduct a really well reasoned, uh, you know, risk benefit analysis. And right now, I think the vaccine industry has thrown themselves under the microscope, mm-hmm. or they sure as heck should have, because we need to be looking at every single thing that we are doing. What is the rationale, for example, for giving a newborn infant, a newborn, an injection for hepatitis B? Mm. Hepatitis B is a sexually transmitted disease. Why are we giving a newborn True. baby True. an injection for that? Good point. You can test the mother for it. You can test the mother and find out if the mother has it. Why are you injecting mm. a newborn infant for a sexually transmitted disease? And that is only one of, you know, dozens of yep. vaccines that are on the childhood schedule. So we need to, this is making people a lot of money, and Steve points out, rightly so, by, the Vioxx was a disaster. They knew that it was causing heart disease. They knew it was causing heart attacks, yet they continued to give it. They suppressed that data. Yep. They made billions of dollars on it and got fined a fraction yep. of the amount of the profits they made. Point. This is... You know, they just this this is an actuarial calculation. They roll the dice and say, "Hey, yep. if we get caught, That's we'll right. pay a fraction in fines versus the profits that we will make on the sale of the drug itself." That's exactly right. Somebody texted in, Doctor Kelly, and uh, you and Steve both can comment on this. Heard on Dennis Prager today that FDC now says ivermectin may be prescribed for COVID nineteen. Can you confirm that? I heard, I did, I I heard the not, same exact thing. No. Yep. Yep. I did. I read an article that said, yep, that they actually say now you can use it. I saw at least one article, and I think I saw a headline in another article that it can be used as a, what did they say, a treatment or a a mild preventative. I mean, they used a couple of interesting words on it, but yeah, that's absolutely true now. Okay. That's interesting because that's a huge shift from where it was. 
So here, here's a question yeah, for well, you, Dr. Kelly. All of the doctors and nurses and individuals that got into a lot of trouble for actually putting patients or wanting to put patients on that, do they get an apology now? Oh, believe me, right. That, that's, you know, nobody's ever going to get their, um, their lives back. Those of us who got just raked over the coals, had our licenses threatened, had pharmacists, uh, you know, up in our personal space, you know, telling us that we were killing people and we had no idea what we were doing. Uh, we've known for decades that uh, ivermectin is a very, very good antiviral by itself. It also has very strong anti-inflammatory properties. We knew that it would be effective against this and likely against a heck of a lot of other viruses. Um, and, you know, I had heard they've been out there saying, the FDA's been out there saying, we never told doctors they couldn't prescribe it, oh, which is absolutely... Yeah, well, you, you heard the ad a little bit ago for Dr. Scott Faulkner. He gave his testimony last week, and he's got private practice outside of all of the insurance things, much like Steve and I have been predicting would what happened, he, he literally did lose his job over that exact same thing. Now, he won a wrongful termination lawsuit over that, Dr. Kelly. But, yeah, to, to what you just said a moment ago, they are flat out lying when they say that. Absolutely. We still have the ad where they posted it, the CDC and the FDA together, saying, you know, you're not a horse, you're not a cow. Mm-hmm. Come on, y'all. Just That's stop. right. That's right. Know, about ivermectin, which I presume if you follow that logic that anybody who eats Quaker oats for breakfast is eating horse food. <laughs> just, I love that. Yeah, I, know, I love that, too. Yeah, yeah I, I was I was that kid that when I was help feeding horses and doing things along those lines would eat some of the uh, stuff out of, you know, because it looked really good while you were feeding the horse. So I, I would take a corn or this, that or the other and eat it. I was that kid. Yeah. Maybe that's my problem today. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm so goofy. I was eating the horse grain. Yeah, it's maybe just, that's why you never got COVID. <laughs> maybe that's why you never got good one, Steve. Good one, by the way. Well, it is, but it truly is, you know, revisionist history for them to come back and state that number one that they didn't uh, make it absolutely impossible. In fact, you know, I have the letters from the Federation of State Medical Boards threatening us saying the Federation of State Medical Board saying, if you prescribe these medications, if you prescribe hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, you are at risk for sanction, fine, and potentially loss of licensure. Um, This was, it was absolutely tyrannical. Um, And, and, you know, the countries, as we know, that used ivermectin prolifically did far, far better with regard to COVID than we did here in the United States. That's right. All right. Along these lines, and I'll start with you, Dr. Kelly. Steve, you can chime in as well, because we've all talked about this and everything you said earlier, Dr. Kelly, about mRNA, the inflammation and so on. And one of the things I've learned from doing Health and Wellness Wednesdays, plus talking to both of you and having a brother that died of cancer and a dad that fought cancer off, I can tell you that inflammation is a big deal. It is the biggest thing they look at when it comes to cancer because it is what causes cancer. So my question for you, Dr. Kelly, and I'm I'm sorry to say this because I don't want to, but are we going to see, I mean, I know we already are, but is it going to get worse as far as you know, people ending up with cancer you know, because of the jab itself? Yeah, I I think that, unfortunately, I think we are going to continue to see um, astronomical increases in cancer rates, not only cancers themselves, but the type of cancers, what we are calling... And the age that people get it at? Correct. We are seeing uh, new onset of cancers in people 
far, far younger than they had been before. For example, very aggressive colon cancers in people in their 20s and 30s, mm. lymphomas, leukemias in people in age groups where we didn't used to see that. We're also seeing resurgence of cancers that had long been in remission, uh, now coming back with a vengeance. This is an issue not only, um, John, of the, of the inflammatory component here, and you're correct, inflammation is the root of all evil when it comes to, right. to, to disease, but it's also because of the damage that these injections appear to do uh, to the immune system. There is a shift in the, uh, in the rates and the amounts, the proportions of immunoglobulins that you have, and it, there's a significant increase in one particular immunoglobulin, IgG4, that's, whose job it is to, to tell you to ignore certain things. Because it doesn't behoove you to have a, a, an allergic reaction or to respond with an immune response to every single thing that comes along. Otherwise, mm -hmm. every bit of pollen we pass, right. every grass seed, every whatever, we'd constantly be just a, you know, a runny nose mess, sneezing and coughing with runny eyes and everything else. So there's IgG4's job is to tell you, ignore that. Mm -hmm. Ignore that abnormal thing. Mm -hmm. Well, when that, number, when that IgG4 level goes way up, which it does after these injections, your body starts telling you, ignore that cancer cell. Mm. Ignore that abnormal prostate cell. Ignore that abnormal breast cell. Ignore that abnormal skin cell. And it's telling your body, ignore things that it shouldn't be ignoring. In, in other words, cancers. It's telling you to ignore something that your immune system would otherwise attack and wipe out before it ever became a cancer. So I think there are two things going on here. It's not only the significant increase in inflammation, but it's also the shift to increased levels of IgG4 and telling your body, ignore something that it shouldn't ignore. Mm. Steve, what are you seeing on the admin side? And are hospitals talking about any of this in regards to, you know, being prepped for more cancer patients or anything along those lines? Or are they just taking this as it comes? Well, John, there's, there's a statistic that tells the whole story in a very simple, horrible way, which is, we've talked about this, breast cancer in women under the age of 45, traditional numbers show somewhere in the order of 26, 27,000 patients a year in the United States, that number grow, grew to 297,000 wow. wow. in 2022. And, and, you know, I mean, it marginally was higher in 2021 than normal. It's spiking. I mean, I don't know. You know we, we have a lot of stuff going on in Congress. We're examining Biden's bank records. Shouldn't you think that at some point there would be a health and wellness or the HHS committee that said, how the heck did we get to almost 300,000 women, wow. 45 and under, with breast cancer? And that's wow. the tip of the iceberg. Kelly, you tell me, I mean, wouldn't that make your head spin a little bit? If you were in that business well, in that business and saw that raise? Well, that's the job, Steve, of the CDC. The job of yeah. the CDC yeah. is to look for abnormal, to look for changes in disease numbers and to look into it and to say, what could be causing this? What is going on? Is there something environmental? Is there something in our food system? Is there something? What? But instead, they are turning a complete blind eye to this. The VIRS system, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, is owned by them. The NIH and the CDC and HHS own that system. They designed it. 
They designed it. Now, after all of these years that it's been, you know, that we've been using it, and when they launched this vaccine, they said, well, don't worry, people, because we've got the VAERS system. Now that they are getting inundated with millions of reports to the VAERS system, they're saying, oh, it's a faulty system. It's a flawed system. Well, since when is it flawed? You're the ones who designed mm-hmm, it. You mm-hmm. you certainly were happy with it for the last 30 years. Good point. You told us we could rely on it, and now that people are actually saying, problem, 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 mm-hmm. now you're saying that the system is flawed? Wow. Give me a break. Yeah, yeah. No, that. by the way, both of you, very well said. And I'm... I'm sorry to say this is only going to get worse, in my opinion. Oh, there's no doubt. I no, mean, I, it, it, I just yeah. gave you, I just gave you breast cancer. I mean, you know, look at look at um, liver-based cancers and pancreatic cancers and all kinds of different cancers, neurological problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's spiking everywhere, John. There's nobody that escapes this. And you know, the funny thing about it is, is that we now know. And Kelly, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I could be wrong about this, but what I believe is that if you reacted in any way to the first shot, you have a much higher likelihood of having a significant problem. Mm-hmm. Yet, if it's not catastrophic, you know, you, you got really sick or whatever, and you continue to take shots, obviously your risk goes up. But why in the hell would anyone get a second shot mm-hmm. if the first one caused mm-hmm. you some significant you know, side effects? I agree with you, and unfortunately, Steve, it's because physicians, and I hold my my colleagues accountable for this, physicians are the ones pushing it. Yeah. They're saying, people are saying, look, I had this happen or that happen after the first shot, and you've got a doctor saying, yeah, well, but it's really important to get the booster. And I'm thinking, have you lost your mind? You know, uh, uh, you know, if you have a bad reaction, why in the world would you suggest that a patient have the second shot or have boosters? Yet they are. And I think, again, this has really been willful on the part of physicians. I don't know if it's purely because they've been incentivized financially or it's because they drank the Kool-Aid and can't get their arms around the idea that the FDA and the CDC and the storied medical journals that we all relied upon have been lying to us. And, you know, the, the, the journals are fundamentally the marketing arm for Big right. Pharma. Right. Um, I, I don't think they're worth the paper that those studies are written on. And I, so I think that people are doing it because they've been led to believe by their physicians that it's the right thing to do. Mm. Um, and I, I, all I can tell is the, the studies are very clear. The Cleveland Clinic did a huge study tens of thousands of patients and conclusively showed the more shots you get, the more likely you are to get COVID. Hmm. So independent of any adverse events, the more shots you get, the more likely you are to get infected. So, you know, just start with that. Even if you didn't have an ill effect from the shot, it certainly isn't doing what it was supposed to do, which is keep you from contracting the illness. All right, with that, Dr. Kelly, I know you're on a time schedule. I will let you go. Thank you very much. Steve and I will be back in a moment. And, Dr. Kelly, have a great evening. Thank you, by the way. Appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. As you always. Too. Thank you very much. All right, we'll be right back with Steve House. Don't go anywhere. Hi Fi Plumbing is next. Keep this number handy. And again, whatever you've got going on plumbing wise, including upgrades, they're there to help you with all of that and more. 877 We High Five. Hi-Five Plumbing has made convenience for their customers a top priority. Hi-Five maintains a well-stocked inventory readily available for their technicians at all times. 
So the technician who comes out to help you remains at your home to complete the project the same day. On the rare occasion they need a part, another team member will bring the part to them, leaving no more I'll be back in three hours visits. On top of that, their window for service is only two hours, respecting your valuable time and notifying you when they are on the way. High Five Plumbing also offers weekend appointments and evening appointments to meet your busy schedule. High Five makes every effort to make your plumbing experience convenient and hassle-free. You can call or email to schedule your plumbing services with High Five. You want a company who makes your time their priority, so call High Five for that at 1-877-WE-HIGH-FIVE or just go to klzradio.com slash plumbing today. Do you have a financial plan? And if so, are you executing that? Are you being held accountable? Are you making sure that you're tracking correctly? This is things, these are the things that Al Smith can help you with. And if you're not, give him a call today. Find him at klzradio.com or 303-744-1128. You've been saving diligently for years without the help of an advisor like Golden Eagle Financial. So why should you start now? Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial knows that when your nest egg is small, you can get by with an automated service or app. But as your savings grow, you need a trusted personal advisor like Al to help you navigate difficult market conditions. Golden Eagle Financial Plans can make up to 20% more than automated services on average, meaning you'll create more income when you need it. Al Smith's 30 years of experience has taught him how to keenly watch the market, and it tells him when it's smart to make a move based on your risk tolerance. You need Golden Eagle Financial to make objective calls on your assets and protect your nest egg in the smartest, most thoughtful way. Don't take your retirement plans into your own hands. Trust the experience of Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial and protect your future by going to klzradio.com slash money today. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC. A registered investment advisor, BCM, and Golden Eagle Financial Limited are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Live and local, back to Rush to Reason. We are back. Myself, Steve House, Dr. Kelly had to run. And Steve, thanks again for hanging on with us. Question for you, switch shifting gears just a little bit. And I got a a news notification here just a moment ago where Senator Manchin is thinking maybe he'll switch over to an independent as he vies, you know, his, his political future. Question I have for you. Because of everything we just got done talking about the last 45 minutes, is that part of what some of these guys are thinking because of the fact that the American public have been lied to? We haven't done things correctly as a government. A lot of that comes from the Democrat Party. Is this part of why those guys are are, are reevaluating this? Yeah, I think in Manchin's case, it's a little more complicated because he lives in West Virginia, which, of course, is yes. very conservative. And, and coal-driven. You know, he's going to end up. That's right, and he's going to end up running against a guy um, on the Republican side who's very popular. So he's got to put himself in the middle, I believe, even more in the middle, which means he's got to denounce basically the Democrat policies by going to be an independent in order to have a chance to win. He's a very popular person in West Virginia. So I think, yes, on one hand, he just wants to get the hell away from the Democratic principles and policies, the woke stuff, the cities that are just melting down across the country and how bad it is. I mean, he's tried to get away from that, I think, for political reasons. 
for sure. And COVID is part of that. The lockdowns are part of that. And you just have to wonder, will there be other, you know, if somebody like him does this, which I could see it happening, by the way, if somebody like him does this, will there be others follow suit? And then, you know, the question, and you're more of a political strategist than I, will this have an impact on the Democrat Party in and of itself? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, Kristen Cinema has been rumored to be doing the same thing and, you know, potentially move over. They're not going to move all the way to being Republican. No, I think no. You can't sell that idea, but they're going to move over to independence, and I think it will have an impact. Heck, if, um, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? The guy that's, you know, there's a, there's a long-standing, um, very prominent professor in the black community who's running for president now. I mean, he himself. Cornell West. Cornell West. Cornell West could himself throw the election to the Republicans in a close race because he will garner votes. I mean, Cornell's, Cornell's fairly popular. So mm. there's all kinds of little nuanced things going on. Here's another one, John, that I think is going to be very interesting. Joe Biden, as president of the United States, is required in October to release the remaining files on the JFK assassination. Wow. Trump released some of them in 17. The law back 29 years ago said he had to do the rest of them now. Now, he has an option, of course, to, to block some of them because the CIA tells him to block some. But the question is, because he was always a pro, he voted for this law. You know, will he actually release them or because he's running against Bobby Kennedy Jr., will he hold those files up hmm. with some CIA explanation because he doesn't want the people to see what happened? And then Kennedy's narrative about how bad the CIA is and what happened in Operation Northwoods. I mean, there's a whole bunch of you know, we could talk forever about some of the overlaying stuff that went on back then. But the bottom line is, what will Biden do when he's given that choice in October, knowing he's running against a Kennedy? Great, great question. Um, hmm. Wow, that's a lot I mean, to think about. I mean, great Biden's question. Teflon against a Teflon against a lot of stuff, and you know we'll see what happens. But uh, it just really is really amazing what some of the nuances of mansion and cinema and what's going on with Cornell and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then of course, every time we turn around, we hear more about how bad the lockdowns are. What happens if more information comes out on Fauci and what he was lying right. about to right. the American people? I mean, they're going to hang Fauci around Biden's neck, not Trump's neck. Yeah, I think you're correct on that one as well, mainly because, you know, he and Trump, you know, fought so much early on in the I think one of Trump's mistakes was not doing something with him. But regardless, uh, you could see those two fighting back and forth until Biden came into office. And then it was this nice, cozy relationship. So, yeah, that may not bode real well for the, the Biden camp, which I, I believe, Steve, and get your opinion on this. But, you know, Andy and I both, I don't think Biden's going to be their nominee anyways. I think the party themselves make a switch because they know he's too beatable. Yeah, you can once you can might say that. Biden would be the ninth wonder of the world if he actually managed to get the nomination based on what he's doing. Yeah. But, um, you know, his, all of his mistakes, and he's so feeble. And quite frankly, how would he ever debate? I mean, he's not going to debate no. Kennedy and, the, and, no. and Marianne Williamson. How would he ever debate Trump or any Republican, really, right. in, the, in the general election with the way he stands today? Totally and, agree. And what's his answer going to be on COVID? I mean, we now know. I mean, Marty McRae on, on Instagram was really right about the fact that we hurt a bunch of people in this world, mm -hmm. certainly in our country, not only financially, but medically, with the masks, the lockdowns. I mean, there was a study, I don't know if you saw this on the COVID side, they looked at um, 18, no, 80,000, 82,000 students, 84,000 students in the Massachusetts school system, 
and they tracked because of, of the way they tracked COVID and when, where it went. They tracked it and determined that there were 44 cases where a student gave another student COVID um, while they were in school, when they went back to school, right? I mean, in that whole process, 44 cases, and there was not one case that they could trace back where a student gave it to a staff member or a teacher. So we locked them out mm-hmm. of school for 44 out of 80,000. Wow. 44 out of 80,000. Wow. Think about that. Why would that have ever, I mean, that's data that won't come to the light of day. People will keep saying, well, we didn't know, we didn't know, we didn't know. You know what? They did know. They did know. They knew this was a cold. They knew it would, would mutate. The mutation you were talking about earlier, it's now 17% of X.5 or whatever, 17% of all the COVID cases are X.5. It is, it is so small of a change to the one before it. It's almost insignificant, and it's not going to kill people either. Nope. It's just really ridiculous. Steve, I'll leave it at that. As always, thank you for your time. I appreciate it very much. You're a great friend, and and I appreciate all you do for us. Just keep telling people to tell the truth. We'll do it, Steve. Appreciate you, man, very much. Have a great evening. Veteran Windows and Doors is next, and uh, Dave Bancroft would love to help you with whatever you need when it comes to windows and doors in your home. Be ready for winter. Call him out today and find out what you need in your home. Find him at klzradio.com. Veteran Windows and Doors actually educates their customers so they know exactly what their codes are. All of their products are rated to exceed those codes and maximize the return on your investment. Everyone claims to make the best windows and doors, but Veterans knows that every window and door has to be tested for how efficient it truly is. Owner Dave Bancroft will tell you the energy efficiency ratings have to be clearly labeled on your windows and doors when you receive them at your home. If the windows and doors are not Energy Star certified or do not meet your local energy codes, the windows will not earn you any rebates, credits, or energy savings. Window and door replacement is a great investment in your home. However, if they aren't properly rated for efficiency, you are just throwing your money out the window. No pressure, no upsell, just plain facts so you can make the best decision for your home. Get 40% off labor and material costs for the month of August with Veteran Windows and Doors by visiting klzradio.com window. Bruce Simmons is up next. He is a reverse mortgage specialist. And again, I say all the time, if you've heard horror stories about reverse mortgages, he can set the record straight and tell you how it works for you specifically. Find Bruce today at klzradio.com. A reverse mortgage is not the impossibility you once thought. If you're properly prepared, KLZ's reverse mortgage expert, Bruce Simmons, can uniquely provide the expertise and advice that you need to eliminate your mortgage payment and do what you've always doubted could be done, give you more cash flow. Of course, you still need to pay your own property taxes and insurance, but eliminating your principal and interest payment will allow you to live a more financially comfortable lifestyle in your retirement. By calling Bruce to help you get this going now, you can move forward before additional rate increases take effect, and he can always help you go back and get more money when interest rates start to ease. Don't assume. Call the expert we trust for real and honest advice about your reverse mortgage. Call Bruce Simmons today at 303-467-7821. That's 303-467-7821. Or schedule online now at klzradio.com slash reverse. NMLS 409914. American Liberty Mortgage is an equal housing lender. All of your real estate needs, that is K&R Home Transitions. Find them today at klzradio.com. You need to sell your home, but it needs some remodeling. 
That sounds simple. All you need to do is source contractors, research the market to find out what buyers are looking for, direct the work to be done, hire someone to clean up the mess, do the work, shoot photography and list the home, negotiate with buyers, make concessions, and redo some of the work you already did. Oh, okay. That doesn't sound very simple. But there is a better option. You can hire Kat and Robin of K&R Home Transitions and let them partner with ReUp to handle the updates without paying a dime up front. ReUp will remodel your home based on what will sell and increase value. They will do the work, clean the mess, and Kat and Robin will market and list the home to sell fast. K&R will help you navigate the process start to finish. You can let them do the work and enjoy the additional cash you make from selling a highly marketable home faster than you could have. Go to klzradio.com home to learn more about K&R Home Transitions and RIA. All right, that's it, folks, for this hour. If you missed any of it, you can catch it tonight between 6 and 7 p.m. Otherwise, go right to the website and listen there. You can find the website, by the way, RushToReason.com, and just look under the show notes section. Hour 2 is next. We'll be right back. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.